0: And welcome again to The Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, The Monster. And for today's podcast, albeit, I'm going to be talking about Modoc. I'm doing Modoc at, at the time of this recording a different way. The reason why I'm saying that is because I'm trying to be productive while I'm doing the library programs, my geek-outs. So sometimes I I use like the Dune book club as a reference point that if you listen to that podcast or seen the video version of that, you'll understand what I'm trying to do with this. So you do see there's going to be a a visual presentation, which if you're just listening to me, well, then it's just audio. So you get the idea. But I'm trying to combine the two just kind of like work a little bit more, uh, more efficiently so the weird thing that i try to do with my podcast especially for the geek out is that i when i plan stuff out whenever it airs whenever it's fully done like some shows drop all the episodes like jupiter's legacy and some others like falcon and the winter soldier and one division they were doing theirs weekly so when that final episode finished or when that series drops i try to schedule at least a month later to give enough time to watch it and maybe watch it two more times uh, just so i can keep, be prepared to do a program like this so the weird thing is this came out uh, not that long ago i think it was may th- something in the 20s i forget the day but it was only a couple weeks ago And i actually thought that- you know, since all the episodes dropped, which is rare for Hulu to do, I can watch all the episodes and you know there were only ten episodes and maybe about twenty something minutes long, so it's doable. Well, time was taken <laughs> and I never got to watching Modoc. And even with the last podcast with the Invincible, I'm like I still didn't even see it the series. So, literally, I watched the series, I think it was on Monday-ish, Tuesday, definitely, and I finished the last episode this morning. So, in that time span, I had to kind of come up with this presentation. And again, I'm not expecting anyone to show up for my Geek Out, which is going to be in about an hour. But, I have to prepare myself, like I'm talking to you, to give you information that if you're interested in watching Modoc, here are some cool things that you should know. But let's just start off with this and and, uh, right off the bat. If you haven't seen it, then don't listen to this podcast because I'm going to kind of go into some spoiler territory. Okay. But in fairness, let's talk about the thing that I don't know about, which is rare. (laughs) Because, you know, the thing about Marvel stuff is like especially when it comes to TV, I try to know as much as I can. And I knew of MODOK, but to know more about MODOK, that's not a thing that I'm like, I'm that familiar. So, it's just kind of weird that that happened. But let's start off with this. One of the cool things that I love is watching superhero parody shows, right? So, for example, back in the day, I saw Underdog, Captain Courageous and Minute Mouse, Darkwing Duck, there's The Tick, there's Freakazoid, and that's all great, you know, and those are just fantastic shows that kind of poke fun at the superhero genre and doesn't take itself seriously. But on the same token, there are very, very little, if any, supervillain parody shows So the only thing that comes to mind is going to be like Harley Quinn, which is fantastic. And if you have not watched it, I highly recommend it because if you want to have something that's really adult content, that's animated, that's still kind of within that DC superhero genre wheelhouse, Harley Quinn is definitely going to fit that bill for you because it is perfect. It is adorable. A lot of it is adorable, and I love it. And then we have pinky in the brain which is not really necessarily uh, uh like a superhero villain or a super villain like you would see in the comics or in the movies but it's still kind of like you know if you know pinky and the brain they're trying to do world domination you know how does the show end every single time whereas you know brain says you know trying to take over the world well that's what happens but It never fulfills. So sometimes you have a villain that has these grand plans, but never is able to fulfill them. So that's where we get into Modoc. At least for this series, it kind of plays into that sense of this is a really second, maybe third, even much lower tiered villain who doesn't even have a name that people like even recognize, let alone are, like, scared about. But before we get into a further uh, reveal about Mo- M.O.D.O.K., the cool thing that I thought was interesting, news came out through Marvel Television, this is years ago, that they are planning to do a Modoc series, and Dazzler was going to be in our own series with Tigra, as well as we had Howard the Duck, and this one, I don't know, which is Hitmonkey. But Marvel television is no longer. So I'm thinking because, much like if we remember, Netflix had Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, Iron Fist and Daredevil. We also had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on television for a bit. Because now Marvel is producing their own shows on Disney+, Plus. that does not need to be in a separate category altogether. They just want to kind of bring it all in-house. So the only two things out of that list that is going to be going forward is going to be what we have right now is Modoc, and then Hitmonkey. Don't ask me about Hitmonkey. I have no idea, but apparently it's a thing that uh, we got lucky with. And I think uh, Kevin Smith was planning to do howard the duck that's one of his favorite characters so when all this was going to be kind of like proposed the only two things came out of that project was only modok and hit monkey so if you're visually watching this on your tv you'll see there's a comic panel (laughs) of modok and this is like classic modok and The reason why I picked this, because I want people to see when they are part of this program today, that this is the origin of this character, that it's a giant freaking head in like a hover chair, and it's weird, (laughs) to say the least. It's not, it's human looking, but it's got a big noggin, you know, the N-O-G-G-I-N noggin. So, when I look at the panel, And I'm like, like, do I do the voice? Do I want to do this? So, if I want to sound like MODOK, the first thing I I wanted to think in my head is like, I am MODOK! Does he really sound like that? Because I can't think of another voice like, I am MODOK. No, he's not suave. When you see that picture, you will say, yeah, I agree, he should be, I am MODOK. And then it, it goes into, you know, Once, I was a mere human guinea pig for the scientists at AIM. Really? That's how I'm going to keep... Fine, I'm just going to continue. But they did their job too well, and now I am their master. Hmm. Really? That's how it's going to go? That's how I'm going to go do the voice. But we'll see how far I get into the program. But if you're listening to this, and you're reading this, and you're having a good time, I'm happy you're enjoying this. So if you don't know what the acronym for MODOC means, apparently it kept changing because the M for MODOC was mental and became mobile and then mechanized. And then the ODOC part was organism designed only for killing. And then I was reading on in uh, Wikipedia, and there was more stuff that it gets even weirder with the acronyms. So like, oh my god. Uh, The first appearance for MODOK was actually a cameo back in September of 1967. So, actually, I am one month older than MODOK because I was born in August of 67. So it came out in Tales of Suspense number 93. And the creators were Stanley and Jack Kirby. If you look at this picture or if you go online and look up jack kirby and Modoc, you can see it's a very jack kirby um, rendering the way that he draws the the extra heavy bold outlines that's very much in keeping of jack kirby's style so it's very recognizable and especially like the inhumans have have that same influence of fantastic four so but uh yeah that's the comic book version When we go move forward to the Hulu version, obviously, they're leaning into the big-headed guy who wants to have world domination. One of the things I wanted to start off with is talk about Seth Green. I think without Robot Chicken have uh, not been born, so to speak, this type of animation would never have been done in this fashion. But it lends itself enough that since what they do is kind of make parodies of different shows, sci-fi and superheroes and all that, and, and do pop culture references, it kind of makes sense to kind of do Modoc in that sense. Um, but and I, I really thought of like you know I I, I love him as Chris and Austin Powers. He was great. <clears throat> so I never felt like. This is going to be complete garbage right i didn't feel that because i believed that for as long as robot chicken has been on the air that he had at least sensibility that they know what they're doing granted the show is like 15 minutes long but it's just filled with so many jokes and it's like joke 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 and sometimes when they tried to make it a little bit longer, it kind of like, it's a little too much. So I was a little worried when the format would be a full episode in like 20, 27 minutes or so. In any case, what we have is the great Patton Oswald, who, if you have not seen him in the, the filibuster episode in Parks and Rec, uh, let me play a little clip here.
1: Three allows for a... Citizen filibuster. If I stand here and refuse to yield my time, you are prohibited from voting on the bill. Let the filibustering begin! As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, Begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine, uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is exactly... And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Then do a hard cut uh, to a repurposed uh, Imperial destroyer
0: all right. uh, which, I, I'm just gonna pause it there. you can you can watch the rest online. but how appropriate because I'm also into kind of politics about the whole filibuster thing is that today's filibuster, again, this is like a side note it has nothing to do with this stupid thing, but I'm mentioning this anyway. The whole thing with the filibuster is that if there was a bill that was coming to the floor that needed to be voted, you can postpone that vote via a filibuster and that is you stand there and you talk because you have the floor. The minute that you're done, your time is done, the vote can then continue. Well, today's filibusters, you don't have that option because they don't want to endure the length of non-stop talking, and I think the last one to do it, which I'm like, okay, Ted Cruz did it while reading uh, Dr. Seuss, Green Eggs and Ham, and other things. And, you know, they just try to delay it as much as they can. I don't think they're given uh, a chair. They cannot go to the bathroom. They cannot do any of that. So some have gone on for hours at a time trying to delay The passage of the bill or the vote for the bill. So in this case, Patton did this one, I believe it's only one take, but that initial video that we were watching just a moment ago, he did that for straight eight minutes, and he was just like on fire because he started crossing the stream with Star Wars and with Marvel, and after a while people were just leaving, but he just kept on, he was in a flow of pure thought, and it was magical. So, and it's kind of weird and ironic that in, I can see what he's talking about, where you want to see Star Wars and Marvel characters, couldn't you know, kind of connect to that. But in any case, um, I enjoy the hell out of him. Right, he was Remy in Ratatouille. So again, when you look at him doing Modok. And using robot Chicken as their platform, I'm like, it should work. It, there should not be a problem. Like, oh, this is this is pure garbage, right? That was kind of like that was my hesitancy uh, initially about this, and not to not not to knock it, but it's like again, it wasn't a high priority thing on my list to to watch it. But as I binge this, I really grew to like this show. I I think the other problem too is that I saw a preview podcast where it was people interviewing Patton and I think not uh, Seth, but someone else that was associated with the show. They gave a preview of the first episode and I'm watching it online in live time. I'm sorry, in real time. And I'm like, okay, I, I get what they're doing. It's like jokey jokey. And... But I'm not laughing like ha-ha laughing. It's just... Okay. I get it. But the premise here in the middle picture is that... Basically, Modoc is going to be facing a, a divorce. He has two kids. So his daughter, Melissa, looks like him. Big-headed. <laughs> in a chair. <laughs> and uh, Louis, his son, who is uh, going to... They're trying to plan his bar mitzvah. But I love the fact that that they promised to earn the reason why they were even together in the first place. So we have a divorce, So you and, and I was watching uh, Beyond the Trailer, uh, Grace Randolph was talking about how she felt, like, I didn't see anything funny with this. And I'm like, in that first episode, it's not, but the producer of the show says, We'll go and explore over the last couple of episodes how they got together or, or why they were even together in the first place. Um, and then you and they kind of worked on that. The whole family dynamic uh, of him being on a newly separated dad, having to find his own place, have the kids over, but along the way, he's also trying to, you know, take over the world and, and do the things that he has to do to kind of, elevate his persona. So it's this weird bouncy act, which is like, I get that. But there's just some stuff here that is just... I'm glad that I actually went through the whole 10 episodes, because there is stuff in here that is worth your time. Um, But I think it really picks up in the second episode, where they go back in time. So Modoc thinks that he can kind of go with his ex to a concert they miss and hoping to kind of rekindle their romance. And doing so, things open up um, about their relationship, and we see a younger Modoc that's also part of this. And things happen, so we have stuff that comes from there that gets sprinkled throughout the episode. And I'm like, it's not just like a one-shot uh, series of jokes. There's actually good storytelling here that I, I can appreciate, and good character beats for everyone. And I really got to be like, I'm really freaking impressed. They they got my attention on this. Other highlights that they had is just the wide variety of talent. Um, Wonder Man, I think was played by Nathan Fillion, he had Sam Hamm playing Iron Man, uh, you even had Whoopi Goldberg at one point uh, in there. The uh, It's a fantastic cast, I, and I really enjoyed them. And the, again, going back to uh, Grace's thing, it's like, she wished that um, like Tony Stark or Iron Man was there a little bit more, and I'm like, I can see why they didn't do that. You know, his situation, Doesn't require the Avengers' attention at that point. He is just like a a nuisance that is easily discarded. So you didn't need to have, you know, that type of ongoing situation. It did enough to just like, oh, Iron Man's around and and so forth, so all the Avengers. Um, But again, you didn't need to do uh, bringing them in because the the whole focus of this series is just on MODOK. How is MODOK going to put back his marriage? How is MODOK going to keep his family together? All the while, he's trying to, like, conquer the world and end the the Avengers. And it comes to a really good, interesting end. Again, spoilers. The, The present MODOK and the past MODOK come to a head in which the past M.O.D.O.K. had some uh, time jewels stuck in his head and he had told the present M.O.D.O.K. that he visited the future and all the different scenarios, M.O.D.O.K. was successful one time. And given that one time for him to become the like the emperor of the world, so to speak, to do away with the Avengers, it was at a cost and that was to his family. So there was a moment in which Modoc was told this, and his family was in peril. The missiles that were going to kill them were kind of frozen, but they had this long conversation. And he says, you know, the family was the key. And it's like, yes, I know, I'm trying to get my all together, together uh, to make me a better person. It's like, no, the the old Modoc was saying, the younger, sorry, the younger Modug would say, the key of your family being dead was the thing that made you become that person down the road, meaning you killed the Avengers, you were able to build your utopia that you envisioned in your locket. So that was the thing that he gave in. So we flash forward to the future and we see this picture where he has and I love this. He actually called it an Iron Throne. As soon as he gets up, you will see it's Iron Man.
1: <laughs>
0: In that throne. I'm like, that's great. You know, he also has, like, as he's walking down a uh, hallway, trophies of everything. Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield. Even the, the Infinity Gauntlet is on the wall. So... That was really clever, all these little Easter eggs. But what I loved about it is that he I guess what he was heading to was some kind of torture chamber. That he had the younger Modoc under a lock where he was trying to make him change the future, or at least do something to bring back his family from the dead. But to keep where Modoc the, the present M.O.D.O.C. was as the emperor. So they kind of left it as a cliffhanger. We'll see if season two will happen, but I was like, okay, it, it's it's really damn good. I'm I'm going to give it my time and I really want to rewatch this again. Uh, because it really caught my attention. I loved what I was shown. I, I can't be more uh, upset about this. The other thing about the, the future of Modoc as I was researching, is that, again, I don't know why I did not hear about this. A couple places did talk about this, but it's not necessarily the most reputable places. But there is... Uh, this is a rumor, just until I can get this confirmed, positive that um, Jim Carrey will be doing the voice of Modoc and one of the MCU movies coming out, right? One of that will be, again, speculated, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum Mania. So if that's the case, I will go with that. But I'm like... I, don't, I could not find a reputable article to back up that claim. So we'll see what happens with that. The other thing, uh, being in a library, and I was checking to see what we have in our collection, we do have the, the soundtrack. So I was actually kind of cool with the opening theme song, which I like a lot. So if you are a listener, and, this, and if your library has Hoopla, I'm sure Hoopla will have the Modoc soundtrack there for you. And if you're here in Miami, just go ahead and log in with your library card and your PIN number and sign up and get that soundtrack for free. The other two books that I actually have physically in my library is the unbelievable Gwenpool and is the head of Modoc which I think is volume two of that series. And then we have the supervillain team up, Modoc's 11, which is kind of like a take on Ocean's 11. So, not a great, a lot of materials that we have on Modoc, but given what um, I just watched with Hulu, you know, I'm willing to now go and do a little bit more research about that. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that the whole point of this series is like, it is not connected to anything what's going on in the MCU per se. So the series takes place on Earth-1226 Earth, dash, uh, Earth uh, 1226. so think of it as the multiverse but that's their version. So Earth that is in the MCU is Earth-616 this series is Earth-1226 and what happened is that the producer for this show um, was kind of given the go ahead by Kevin Feige it's like you know go ahead and do it while whatever you want to do but we'll just put it into that an alternate universe um, but the reason why that, that number 1226 came up is because it was kind of like to kind of like honor Kevin's uh, Feige's son on uh, his date of birth So that's his date of birth in there. So I thought that was kind of cool. I'm trying to think what else that's going to be to mention. Um, Oh, Modok's children. Even though they have Melissa and Lewis, Melissa has an acronym, which is the Mental Entity Living to Induce Seriously Sinister Anarchy. (laughs) (laughs) And for Lewis's lanky organism... Undeniably irresistible and syphilitic. He does say that, and he says, I don't want to know what the syphilitic means, and he just left it at that. And again, I, I think it's it was really fun to watch. I really had a great time with this series, because it's something like DC does funny, like the brave and the bold, right? Batman is a serious, straight man. You get the funny guys coming in like Plastic Man or Aquaman, who is like, you know, OUTRAGEOUS! Constantly doing that. And I laugh my ass off, and I love that. Marvel, not too much. So I'm glad to see that Marvel actually has a win in that sense, uh, when it comes to their characters. But on that note, um, just want to let you know that I'll be talking about Yasuke on June 9th, and we'll see how this experiment goes about me recording before the actual program, if I, I can do my podcast that way. But Yusuke, uh, if you don't know, first African Samurai. So, the reason why that came up is because the late Chadwick Bozeman was going to be playing that character in an an upcoming movie. And when I heard that this was being made, I thought that was the first thing I want to see that story come to life. So, it is currently playing at Netflix. So, if you have that and you want to chime in, I'll be doing that next week. After that, on June 16th, I'll be talking about Army of the Dead. That was produced and directed and filmed by Zack Snyder. And uh, that's all I'm going to say for right now because I, I don't want to get into details. But those are the two things that I would like to talk about. And then after that, the 20, I forget the date, I think it's the 23rd, I would be talking about Jupiter's Legacy Season 1. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm trying to do. Let's see how far I can get away with doing these on a weekly basis like this. I I, I am super happy that I got to watch this. It was super enjoyable because, again, I I didn't have high hopes for this series. I had nothing but, oh, that's kind of funny, and it, it really tugs at certain situations that are real. That, you know, when you have elements of separation in a a family and, you know, you have to deal with the new norm uh, and how you manage to have, you know, where do you put your priorities? You know, do you put family first? Do you put priorities for your own, uh, not necessarily selfish needs, but, you know, how do you make that work? You know, because that was the whole thing why they separated was he put his needs in front of his uh, his own wife, his own family. You know that was his interest. But when you take that away, you realize, or at least he realized, that you know sometimes you take advantage of a situation, and then oh well, those are the consequences that you uh, you reap. You know. So, but again, it is really damn good. I, I, I really enjoy the humor that was able to be done in this. Again, if you love Robot Chicken, and if you're worried about the, the extra long jokes as far as the stories, it's well paced. Very enjoyable, and I cannot highly... I cannot more highly recommend this series to you, so... But uh, I'm just going to leave it at that, so... But in any case, remember that... You can always email me at monster sci-fi show at gmail.com you can always follow me on the various social networks so thank you for listening to me on the monster sci-fi show it's sci-fi from a certain point of view good night
1: hey everyone this is george tripsis co-host from the metal geeks podcast along with carrie the metal geek and brutal dave our show is where we bring the metal geek culture and heavy metal culture and mash it into the geek culture come listen to our show where we talk about movies comic books disney stuff and mostly about movies where i'm always right and carrie's never right check us out at metalgeeks.net and catch us on all your earhole listening podcast devices
0: i'm carrie the metal geek and i approve this message this has been a broadcast of the eso network